everyone, and welcome to Minute 145 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today on this lovely brisk Friday, <laughs> with lots of snow on the ground by me and you, <laughs> in the middle of January, is Joe Amaday, Great Escape historian, film buff, and president of Virgil Films. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's nice and warm inside. That's for sure. So, that is definitely true. Yes. No question about that. All right. It's been a lot of fun talking with you all week. And we have one more day to, to talk about this movie. So let's jump right in. You got so, it. Minute 145 begins with Cavendish entering the dungeon and goes all the way till we get to see Hen- Henley and Blythe play Limbo with the wing. <laughs> So basically, as we were discussing yesterday, Cavendish got caught, Cavendish was interrogated, Cavendish gave the same answers that everyone else gave, and was just thrown in the dungeon, where we get to see at least another 13 escapees in there with him, including Haynes. So he walks in, everyone obviously, all these characters look pretty embarrassed that they they got caught so quickly. (laughs) Yes, they do. And they're also very uneasy about sitting there. Nobody knows what's going to happen to them, what, what what their fate is. And then Cavendish walks in and cheerfully says, Hello, boys. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is a very interesting thing to say. At very this point. Cavendish-ly. But I guess... Yeah, I guess I, I guess he has nothing yeah. else to say. What's his or Cavendish-X. Uh, S. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Then, then he turns to one of the extras as he's walking and goes, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> And doesn't get a response. And then he walks over to Haynes and goes, Hello, Haynes. Yeah, you know, Cavendish is, is a little overly friendly here. You'd, you'd think that he'd be in a much more somber mood. Or, or maybe he's no longer somber because he's no longer alone. Could be, you know. But, but again, it's... You know, safety in numbers? One thing about <laughs> Nigel Stock is he never, he never breaks character. <laughs> he's always a little off. That's true. <laughs> it's very true. And then Haynes... Finally gives a response and says, oh, hello, Cavendish. And then he goes, I wish I could say I was happy to see you again. Yeah, Haynes is, uh, up. Haynes is upset. He's he's smoking a cigarette, I think. Isn't he? No, no he's not? He's not. No. Okay. I don't think so. No, he's, he's ringing, he's his, ringing hands. his hands. He's ringing his jacket. Okay. And he's, uh, uh, he's obviously, he's very upset. Yeah, now, in the movie that you yes. made, Larry yes. Month. Mon- it's like Manta, yeah, Manta. He, yeah, he narrated. He narrated it. Yeah. Did Did you get to meet him also? No, I did not. Again, um, my involvement with the film was the film had been shot and needed editing, um, and I helped with the editing, um, not 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 physically editing, but giving notes on different cuts with the director and Steve Rubin, the producer, and. and then I took the film out. I distributed it. Ah, okay. We actually showed it at the Cannes Film Festival in the market, which was which was a lot of fun. Steve, oh, wow. Steve and his family f- flew over. My partner in the film, Mike Meister, flew over for it. It was it was a lot of fun. And Chris Espion, who is the director, is from Cannes. He lives there. So oh, it's wow. a big moment for him. Um, you know, this yeah, especially moment. given the fact that this was his uh, dream project. Dream project that, that. that he was doing for his father. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah. Oh wow, very cool. 
Yeah. So Cavendish at that point says, yes, I was just picked up this morning. So that, again, makes us wonder how much time has passed you know, since the escape. My, my guesstimation is it's been about two or three days maximum. Real life time, it was two or three days. I mean, they yeah. caught these guys almost immediately. Not all of them, but a big, a, a huge bulk of them were caught immediately. Yes, yeah, exactly. And uh, Bernstein does a, has a very interesting choice of music at this point because, once again, as we discussed earlier this week, he gives a, a a sound here that makes things sound much more hopeful than it than it really is. Yes, the, the music the music is up is more upbeat. Making you think, okay, they've been caught, and you know they're they're going to be, you know, it's like when when you go fishing, you know, just for the sport of it, and you're going to throw the fish back into the pond. You know, you're not going to kill them, right? So it's the same type of thing. You've been caught. All right, we're putting you back in the camp. Yeah, and that that's what the music to me says in yeah. this scene. Yeah, because that's normally what would happen. Ah, uh, yes, that's very true. I mean, this was this was the first time that 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 didn't happen. Right, most. Someone someone once told me that, that most of the prisoners at the time, if you didn't get shot when you were being captured, then you were fine, meaning were fine. they weren't going to shoot you afterwards. Yeah. You know, you can get shot, I guess, going over the fence like lives. You can get shot running from the fence. You can get shot if they tell you to stop and you don't stop. But once you're captured, the yep. chances were they were they were not going to shoot you. Well, Mr. Mister, you know, Adolf didn't like the fact that they, that they did this right under his eyes. 90 yes. miles away, and uh, from what I've read, Goring fought him on it. Hitler wanted everybody shot. Yeah. Everybody. And Goring got him to agree to 50. Right. Who knows? That must have been an interesting conversation, that yeah. negotiation between yeah. the two of them. Oh, 76. No, 50. No, not 76. They only caught 70, 73. 73. Yeah, that's right. 73. All right, give me 60. 40. No, give me 40. Yeah. All right, we'll agree on 50. <laughs> And how did he choose yeah. the 50? That's also a very good question. Okay. I don't know the answer to that. I think it was somewhat random. Yeah, I, I, and you wonder why they ended up with exactly 50 when they shot Bushel or Bartlett, you know, wasn't anywhere. It was just him on the side of a street. Or I think right. they let him out to go to the bathroom or something like that. I mean, it was a pure, yeah. pure murder. It just wasn't like it was in the film, but that's another Right. I mean, we, we find out later in the film that, that the truth is they shot yeah. more than 50 because they talk about 50 and they, they go through the list, but that list doesn't include nope. Ashley Pitt. Actually, wait, no, it did include Ashley Pitt, but it didn't, didn't include, include Ryan. Nope. Right. So it's possible that, you know, I, th I think in, in reality, the the original list wasn't complete at the beginning. Okay. Uh, again, there was no yeah. lies. It didn't exist. You know, who, who was... Right, so that that's a little, uh, and actually, Ashley did also, didn't or did Cavendish? So no, but I'm talking about the ones who we saw oh, shot, true. yeah, separately from yeah. the fifty or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, right. So we, we get to see this very somber shot in the in in this dungeon with you know with the with the little light bulb hanging in the middle of the room, stuff like that, and and as I said, the music gives us false hope that something good is about to happen to these characters. Yeah. Uh, which is yep. done well. You know, for someone who's never seen this movie, the, this scene d doesn't prepare you for what, what will happen uh, in about less than 20 right. minutes from now. Then the, the shot changes, and we get to see Henley and Blythe come over this little uh, hill 
and walk to the corner of what seems to be a... I mean, I know what it is because you can see the tail end of, a, of, of an airplane there, so it must be some sort of airplane hangar. And it's just very funny because, I mean, we've discuss, discussed this numerous times, the fact that the way that Henley handles Blythe, you know, uh, you know Blythe is, is blind, right. but he just holds him and, and, and uh, you know, leads him in a very strange way. It's not the way that one would normally lead a blind person. From you know, from from what I know, I mean, the way he just pulls him aside, he's like, yeah, yeah, and and they're walking. Sometimes Blythe is walking in front of him. <laughs> well, it's movie blindness, you know. Yes, yes, you know, and he, he he like grabs both of of his hands yep. from behind, you know, and pushes him up against the the edge of the yeah. hangar and stuff like that. He, he's he's a little rough, and then like he's he holds him. With his arms under his armpits, with his hands under his armpits. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, moving him along. That that's just not a very. I, I guess at this point Henley's a little frustrated that he's the seeing. Well, I off. think yeah, Henley's very frustrated because obviously you know he's made this promise to Blythe and now he has to keep it. And he realizes yeah. that that could stop him from escaping. I mean, if Henley was on his own, right? He might have made it. Well, I don't know if he does make it, because that's in another episode. Would have... <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, we'll only find that out yeah. next week. Or no, two weeks. In two but weeks. the handling of Blythe is, um, maybe from the very beginning, I'm sure maybe you talked about this on previous episodes, but it's not. It's not like a person who would who knows how to be with a blind person um, would, would handle it. And maybe that's the whole key to this, is that Henley had no idea. He just wanted to get him you know, closer to that plane. Right. No, but also, like, he, he, he throws him up against the yeah. rudder of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then at this point, Henley then talks to Blythe and says, there's a little trainer out there that I can that I, that I I can fly. Now, wait a second. Isn't he a pilot? <laughs> He's a pilot in the RAF. He can only fly I the guess. trainer? I mean, I don't know. I've never, I've never flown, yeah. a, flown a plane, and I probably should ask this of, of any pilots that I might know. You know, is it, is it that you know how to fly one type of in plane, entire, or yeah. once you know how to, a lot how to of, or is it don't like they show multiple? Well, yeah. I don't know if they show multiple airplanes, but they show more than one, right? Oh, well, there's, there's only one. There's only one. But there's only there's only a trainer that he can fly. <laughs> Basically, they, what they never told us is that Henley. Uh, one one of two things: either Henley got shot down on right. his first flight, <laughs> or Henley is so good at scrounging that he was able to get someone else's uniform, and he's really that not a pilot. Be. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it reminds me, it reminds me of uh, from the Bridge of the River Kwai. Yeah. You know where where you know William Holden is basically he stole someone's Something. uniform, hoping that 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 as an officer yeah. he'd get treated yeah. better. <laughs> so maybe that's what yeah. Henley did here too. You never know. But there's a feeling while all of this is happening. There is a feeling that these guys are going to make it. Yes. You know? Well, that's the thing. Throughout the entire movie, they give us the impression when they're showing each of these characters. Like, when, even when you see Cavendish get in the, the, the truck and, you know, you see Bartlett and McDonald get on the train or yeah. get off the train. They, they give you the impression that, that, that yeah. everyone is safe and that they're yeah. going to get out. Which which is one of the things I love about this is that they they... Obviously, because it's based on a true story, they're they're not going to be able to do that. But they they don't sugarcoat things. Yeah. But they also allow 
to give us that false And that hope. could be that music that you were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It leads right into this, uh, you know, the next scene of, you know, this film obviously follows each each storyline, each person's storyline. And now you're with Henley, who's one of the key, you know, one of the stars in the movie. Um, I mean, he's definitely going to make it. It's James Garner. Yeah, of course. He's one of the he's one of the three Americans. <laughs> he's one of the three Americans. Yeah. Right. So then Blythe asks him, well, are there any sentries around? And we get to see one sentry walking and one. And and he goes, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> There's one guy around here. At this point, they, they, they start walking around the, 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 the plane in a very funny way. It's like, it's, it's, it reminds me of how, you know, like when kids are pretending that they're spies or something like that. And they, they do all these different like roles and picks and, and, you know, they're pretending and they're, you know, like you're holding your, your, your fingers in, in the, in, in a, the motion of a gun, right, right. you know, and you're, you're going to pretend that you're doing things. And that's more or less what he does here because he, he takes him in and quickly walks him in and pushes him up against the, 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 one of the planes. And the two of them put their backs against the, the plane to try to, you know, that, oh, if, if anyone looks in this direction, they won't see us because we're, we're, we're leaning back flat against the side of yeah. the, yeah. Of, of the plane. Our images are molding <laughs> into the plane. Exactly. But he's got to take care of and, that guy. Uh, <laughs> yes. And then he like grabs him by the neck and pushes him down as he's leading him under the wing of the plane. <laughs> which, which again, it, it's, I, I understand that he's trying to save him from bumping his head. Right. But you could probably do it in a gentler way <laughs> than what he's doing here. That's pretty much the end of this minute. There isn't that much that happens here. You know, we had the, the quick little conversation between Cavendish and Haynes, and now we, we get to see Henley and Blythe run around trying to be as inconspicuous as possible by being conspicuous. You know, I, I always wondered um, if there was, and again, I'd have to go back and revisit the books, if there was a forger. You know, uh, There was, but he didn't go blind. Okay. And, if that's your question. Okay. And did he make it out of the camp? I That I do not recall. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I also know that one of the things they mentioned in the book is that there were a lot of the prisoners who helped in the escape that were, were barred from actually escaping because they said, we need to, to have you stay here to help in the future with digging tunnels, with, with making new maps, with making, you know, with with the, the different expertise, wow! Because I mean, which makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Why would you, you know, yeah. if if you let everybody out who knows how to dig a tunnel? Yeah. So what's going to happen with everyone who's left? Yeah, and were there right, fend for yourself? Were there other escape attempts after this one? I believe that there were. I mean, I know that there. There's a. This is shown in the the the, the pseudo sequel. Okay. You know the the one. Uh, uh, directed by Judd, Judd Taylor from 1988, The Great Escape to the the real story. No, The Great Escape to the Untold Story. Yeah, I That's what's I, I have that movie on VHS. I can't find it on DVD. <laughs> it probably never came out. Probably never so in in, in, it's, it's, in that it's interesting because you know it's got Christopher Reeve and obviously so get the rights for it and uh, put it out on DVD. I should. There you go. You got a production company. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> a lot of people are buying DVDs these days. Yeah. <laughs> so get it put online. That's what there I need go. to do, yeah. 
Yeah. So in, in that movie, they show that there were four prisoners who were put in another, they were put in like a police station or something like that, or in another camp. No, actually, in, in the movie, it was another police station, but I recall that they were put in another camp, and they, they dug their way out of that camp also oh, within wow. days. They re-escaped from that. Wow. So, uh, yeah, these, these guys didn't give up afterwards. No. No question No, that was that. the spirit, you know? Um, and that's, that's probably what has drawn me to this film throughout my entire life, that spirit of we are never going to give up. Um, that's not just an American thing. That's a worldwide thing. And, Correct. Um, and that, that's Hiltz. That, and that is Hiltz. stands for. That is Hiltz. To Hiltz. A, to a T, no matter what. Um, exactly. He's, he's, Every time that he goes into the, into the cooler, he's, he's smiling. He's smiling. Every single and time. And he's playing, and he's playing, playing with, uh, he's bouncing that ball against the wall. Yep. And, and, and that means it's not over, you know? Um, that's right. It means you, you haven't beaten me. You haven't beaten me. And, there's very few films that, that I've encountered that you walk away with that spirit and you continue to have that spirit forever. I mean, there have been other films, but this one just stays stays with you. Those of us that love this film really love this film. Um, Correct. I mean, if it's playing anywhere on a screen within 50 miles, I will go, you know. Um, and I have some friends that will go with me. But you know, I've experienced showing it to my children. Um, I've, I've, I've been in an audience with my youngest daughter where the entire audience started applauding after the jump. Um, it just it's 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 a big part of uh, my movie, my movie background. It really is. You know, I used to be in, I went to to college to school to school for filmmaking just one year. And, you know, the, the professor would say, you know, what's your favorite movie? And guys, people would hand, put their hands up and say, obviously, Citizen Kane. Or they'd say, uh, you know, some, you know, eight and a half or some Fellini film. or, And I'd go, <laughs> great escape. And they'd all look at me. And I'm like, well, you know, have you seen eight and a half 50 times? No. Have you seen Citizen Kane 50 times? No. You know? I, do you know it by heart? Yeah, do you know it by heart? <laughs> do you know the lines by heart? And I guess probably the most recent film that that is now getting, at least here in the States, that kind of notoriety where people watch it over and over again would be Shawshank Redemption. People just watch it. Okay. And again, yeah. it's a film about they don't give up, you know? That's right. In, 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 the, in Israel, the, the Hebrew title for the movie is Chomot uh, Shel Tikva, which means Walls of Hope. Wow, that's interesting. Because you know, if you if you just you know if you would call it Shawshank, yeah. no one would know what the hell you're talking about. I mean, even in English, you didn't know. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not talking about Shawshank, but when when I went to go see Shawshank in the theater, I had forgotten the fact that I had read the Stephen King novella a few years before because the novella oh, wow. is called uh, Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption. Rita and they decided, the they decided they yeah. decided to to cut the title because they didn't want people to think that you're going to watch a movie about Rita Hayworth. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Then, well, this has yeah. been, I mean, you know, the fact that here we are, how many years later? When did this movie come out in 63? We're, we're talking and, 50, 59 years as of now. We're now in 2022, so it's yeah, 59 I years. Mean, Six, they filmed and, it 60 years ago. And the interest is still there. This movie shows on so many different channels um, here in the United States. Um, it is one of the biggest selling uh, it is one of the most lucrative films in MGM's catalog. 
I mean, it's up there with Wizard of Oz as far as revenue is concerned. Oh, wow. Um, and that's because of DVD and television licensing and streaming licensing. It's a film that's going to, it'll live. It'll live for a long, long time. Let's Especially if there's people like you and I out there talking about it <laughs> all the time. What you're doing, by the way, um, is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Well, um, well, I'm not the first person to do a Movies by Minute podcast. I mean, there, there are over 200 Movies by Minute podcasts as of our recording. Yeah. I'm, you know, the number has gone up uh, exponentially, I'm assuming, you know, in, in the months since, since uh, you know, between us recording and this airing. As of, as of today, there are 197 official Movies by Minute podcasts, but... You know that that number is definitely going to be higher. But you know, than, but, but I, this gets published. But I've listened to all of them. None of them are as good as this <laughs> one, <laughs> and none of them are as good as this past week. <laughs> Sorry, nice. No, that's all right, Joe. No problem. I I I I I, I sort of agree with you. <laughs> this is great. I mean, uh, just I don't, I don't want to disparage any any of any of my colleagues, you know, who've who've done such great work. I do have know, to but, give but, a shout out to Steve Rubin, who um, um, I think he gave you my name. Um, of course, he's a great yeah, guy. He, he was just on last week. Great, yes, great guy, good friend, and uh, I hope back. Steve, Steve is the one who got me uh, David McCollum's phone number, so that that helps also. There you go. And you know, it's always good to have connections, and and you know, you're, you're going to get me some too. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve's the only guy we know that actually met Steve McQueen. That's true. Very and true. And that's something. But uh, this yeah, completely great. I mean, minute by minute. You know, next time, can you pick like Ben-Hur or something like that? You know, that's even longer. <laughs> Wait, you're, you're saying I should pick something longer? <laughs> I, was, I, I should be picking something that, that's that's better. That's the question. Oh, well... <laughs> You know, I, don't know I mean, I think the one of the reasons why this yeah. this works so well for me is is uh, you know to do a movies by minute podcast, you have to be passionate about the movie. Yes, and and I am, and a lot of my guests have been also, including you and Steve and Chris and lots of others. I mean, I have a whole week coming up also where where I'm where I all my guests are people who have real connections to the real escapees. Great. So you know, we're gonna have their their perspectives on it also. You know, uh, one of them is actually a relative of Roger Bruchel. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to having that conversation with him. Yes. I wanted to give an overall view of what people think of this movie and how it compares to the real events and how that affects people, the, people's outlook on the movie itself. Yeah, for me, I guess, I think I said this in an earlier podcast, for me, um, it just it just enhances my love of the film. Because um, basically, it's it again, it's the story of a bunch of of guys that just never gave up. And they all had histories yep. of never giving up. And Roger, Roger, you know, he led the way. He, he may have been, he may have been a little foolish and arrogant at the end. But I mean, this guy had so many different escapes throughout his throughout his life. And he had a great background. He, he's a great backstory. You know, yeah, true, a real mm -hmm. true hero. Um, so you know, yeah, I, you know, hey, we could be doing a lot worse things out there. You know, loving <laughs> loving movies has kept me safe from a lot of other things. You know, um, so you know, loving and and loving this film, why not? There's nothing like it. That's right. 
All right. So you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? Sure. My uh, my email is the best way. Joe at virgilfilmsent.com, V-I-R-G-I-L-F-I-L-M-S-E-N-T.com. Or please feel free to go to our website, virgilfilms.com. We're actually in the middle of rebuilding it. So, uh, um, but go, you can take a look at the other films and, that we've released and see what we're all about. And uh, yeah, that's the best way to contact us. All right, excellent. And while you're doing that, please go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using to listen to this show. You can go to our website, thegreatescapeminute.com. Our email address is thegreatminute at gmail.com. Our Facebook group is The Cooler. And our Twitter account is Great Escape MXM. Joe, I've had a lot of fun this week. Thank you very much for joining me. Me too. I've I've really enjoyed it. I uh, I'm not. I don't know what I'm going to do next week. <laughs> what do you mean? You're going to be listening to the the next <laughs> five episodes to know to find out what happens <laughs> after these acrobatic moments that that Henley and Blythe take around this uh, airplane. What else would you be doing? <laughs> Just like all of our all of our other thousands upon thousands yes. of listeners. Now, this are has doing. been wonderful. I am honored. <laughs> I really am honored to be a part of this. Um, and and I thank you for, for considering me and putting up with me for a week. Oh, come on. I, I think I'm the one who needs to be honored here, but you know, to to have you as a guest. So thank you very much for all of your insight and all of your comments about this movie. You're welcome. All right. So everyone have a great weekend and until Monday, tally ho. Tally ho.